Welcome to the Positive Impact Podcast, where we dive into the world of movers, shakers, and changemakers, creating a positive impact on the world. This is your host, Alexandra Black Pollock, and together we're going to tackle real issues, discovering how we can make the world a better place. Thank you for joining us for another inspiring session of the Positive Impact Podcast. Today, we're going to dive into the world of STEM with one social entrepreneur who is empowering women of all ages to tackle technology and build both careers and better lives through science, technology, engineering, and math. But first, this episode of the Positive Impact Podcast is brought to you by HelloFresh. Tired of the grocery store? Looking to spice up dinners? HelloFresh delivers delicious ingredients and easy recipes straight to your door. Take $40 off your first box at positiveimpactpodcast.com slash fresh. You'll be enjoying cooking again in no time. All right, I'm excited to be joined by the incredible and geeky Leslie Fishlock, founder of Geek Girls. This killer organization helps all of us who are, you know, the wannabe geekers learn more and become empowered when it comes to just about anything tech-related. So thanks for so much for joining us today, Leslie. Thanks, Alexandra. Great to be here. So I have to admit, I am one of those non-geeky girls, as we uh, quite learned while we were going through all the audio stuff for today's interview. So I'm your audience. Uh, I just can't always figure out the tech stuff. So can you share with us how Geek Girls helps bridge this gap and help wannabe tech girls navigate that space? Sure. Well, we started Geek Girl because we found, I was always getting uh, questions from my friends, anyone I know about how to fix something. Because if you're in tech, obviously you know how to use everything in tech. Like you know how to fix computers, you know how to do this website, you know how to do this. It's not always the case, but um, I was always being asked. So people would always refer to me as the Geek Girl. That's how the company kind of started. So I would just meet my friends at a coffee shop and say, sure, I'll, you know, I have a few hours today. I'll come and help you out. Um, what, what can we talk about? What can I help you with? And then that grew into like just meeting in a coffee house once a week to doing a night of technology, to doing boot camps, to doing tech conferences, to doing tech conferences around the country. So basically it started with just learning more about technology, what to look out for, even consumer products, what to buy, safety and security, uh, things that are still very prominent right now and what we handle at our tech conferences. Um, but what we also really want to do is get more women in tech, get more girls in tech, women in tech, and frankly, everybody into tech because it, you make a lot of money if you learn how to program and you'll always have a job. It's very sustainable. Um, it reaches through many different industries. So once you have that really great skill set, it's really a job for the future. Oh, I love that. A job for the future. And also this idea of getting women in tech. I've got some actual stats on women in tech. And let's be honest, they're pretty dismal. For example, uh, Google, 30% of their workforce is women, but only 17% of them hold the tech jobs. Facebook, 15% of the women are in tech. And Twitter, ooh, ouch, they're at 10%. So can you kind of touch on what it looks like to get more women into tech? What are possible barriers? What's limiting us from entering this space? Well, what a lot of people don't realize, if we kind of do the way back time machine here, is that you start looking at people like Ada Lovelace, who a long time ago, she was known as the first female programmer. And I mean, it's it's a great story, uh, but it is. I mean, that's what she was involved in. And slowly that we've had 
women come through in the 1920s, 30s, 40s who are involved in technology. Hedy Lamarr, who's an actress, um, patented uh, a frequency hopping device. Then you had the women who worked at ENIAC on the large, large computers. And at that time, programming was an administrative thing. There weren't a lot of guys doing it. It was women. So we did have women in, we've had women in tech, not in huge amounts, but we've had that ability. Um, And then you have great women like Grace Hopper, um, Admiral Grace Hopper, who who was in the military, obviously, who came up with some incredible ideas and a big, strong force for women in tech. So there was a precedent for it. And then I think in the 60s and 70s, we kind of grew out of that where we had a lot of strong women in science and technology and, and areas like that. The 80s, uh, we, had, we had more women in tech in the 80s than we do now, which is really crazy considering how much press and how many um, organizations are geared to get more women into tech. So there's a precedent for it. Um, it's fallen a little bit. It's still pretty dismal. But it's also got to be one of those things that technology is so democratized now that anybody can get into it. The, the world is your oyster. It's just trying to get more women involved in that. And women now have to start saying, I'm going to go and learn how to program. And that's what it's got to be. And it's, it's got to be an individual thing at this point to get more, more women involved in it. Another point I'd add to that, I recently interviewed Makita Ricketts, and she is creating a codable bracelet for young girls. And that's actually where she pinpointed the problem. And she's like, there's no toys to kind of encourage women to go into. And she's targeting all of STEM, not just uh, technology, but she just wants to encourage them. But she actually really pinpointed the problem to, like, at about eight years old, girls no longer have toys to help entice that and kind of cultivate that knowledge. And then by the time they they reach junior high, just interest in general totally falls off. Are you kind of seeing that as well? Are you seeing younger girls wanting to learn more about tech? Or is it kind of more, that's the boys' space? Or do you interact with a lot of girls a lot? I think it's, here's the deal with STEM. A lot of schools and organizations are doing a great job with STEM um, for those who don't know, science, technology, engineering, math, and a lot of people call it STEAM now, where they add the arts to it as well, because they feel that arts should be a part of it. Um, I don't care either one. I'm just, as long as it's got forward thinking and getting women into tech areas, I'm happy. But I think with STEM is that they do a great job early on, um, and then hit high school hits, and whether it's people start getting into cars and boys and whatever else is going on in their lives... I think it kind of dips down in high school, and I don't think that there is many people applying to colleges in those sort of tech areas. So that might be one reason for it. Um, there's also a lot of you know, thoughts on it that when they're in college, a lot of women are transitioning out of those areas for some reasons. They find another subject that they want to be involved in. So slowly as you go every few years in the, in the life cycle, there's a more and more of a dropout rate. Um, Regarding toys for girls, there's a lot of stuff going on right now. In fact, one of the um, companies that pitched at um, Geek Girl Tech Con and our Charquette Tank Pitch Fest is a company called iBesties, and they've come out with these these dolls, um, and they're based on girls getting into tech or you know smart dolls um, doing something. So there's things like that. There is Ruminate, which is a they were on Shark Tank, and there's two engineering ladies who are building. It's, it's toys for girls to build to make rooms and houses and buildings. 
So it's, you know, it's for younger girls. There's also Goldie Blocks. So there's definitely a lot of toys out there that are getting, and a lot of them do say, you know, for girls. Um, but boys can play too. It's just, the thing is, it's not trying to differentiate between boys and girls. It's just, it, it, it's marketing, it's investing. It's just trying to let a lot of girls, and especially their parents, understand what's going to interest them. I was interested by erector sets or Lincoln Logs or, you know, G.I. Joes or all these other things. I wasn't really a Barbie type, unfortunately, because, well, G.I. Joe had tanks and they had things you could really do. So much cooler. But, I know. If I wanted to cook, I'd go in the kitchen. I, Barbie had her kitchen, but I, I really wanted to do more. So I, I think there's, um, and because there's so much innovation and there's women who want to be mentors, like the girls who started Ruminate and Goldie Blocks and iBesties, they want to be mentors and really bring girls from, you know, into that world of tech. I never had that growing up. Um, and I'm glad that, that these ladies are doing it. And I really hope that helps. I love that idea of just mentorship. And that really opens the field to that. Anyone can do this. Um, my husband and I, when Goldie Blocks came out, we, I, we must've watched that ad 10, 15 times. Anyone came to our house, we would play it. Like we'd have to show this. It's the coolest thing. And we actually, we had no kids in our life at that time right now we've got a brand new little niece and so she'll be getting goldie blocks in the near future but we went out and we bought goldie blocks and we donated it to one of those um christmas baskets where they give kids out give toys to kids because we were so excited about it and so i love this idea of mentorship and just encouragement that no matter where you are today you can help foster that creativity absolutely but the mentorship shouldn't my one word about mentors is Sometimes you don't always have to go searching for them. Sometimes you need to be a mentor or have your parents as a mentor also, or the people who are raising you. Cause a lot of times they're not tuned into what the kids are doing or their interest level. And I think there's some great programs out there where there's coding, um, times where you can code together, um, you know, get your parents involved in it. I believed in, a, I believe in a really great tech bond. So having, Parents understand what kids are doing that, that, that learn at school and kids can, you know, teach their parents because some parents are, you know, ha are part of that tech. Um, they, they didn't get a lot of information about tech. They're not using it um, well. And it's always good to kind of get them involved in the equation. So sometimes you can, you know, have that mentorship happen within the family as well. I love that. And I actually... Speaking of mentoring your parents, uh, I frequently talk my parents and grandparents through all aspects of tech. Well, that's a, another reason why I started Geek Girl was um, three hours on a Sunday teaching my mom in Florida how to use an Excel spreadsheet for her senior citizen swim team. I never got those three hours back in my life, and it was tough, but it's kind of designed for people like that who can come and learn certain things and it's accelerated learning. It's, it's not that you're going to take eight weeks of classes from us, but at least you're going to get accelerated learning hands-on experience and have people available to answer questions for you. And just, you know, if you want to go into areas after that, go to, there's great coding classes in each city. I know where I am here in San Diego, there's two companies we work with called learn and origin code Academy and not only do they teach you code at any age, you don't have to be 18, you can be 25, there's people 35, 40 in their classes. They also help you get a job, teach you how to 
you know, work for an actual company, whereas something I think that's missing with a lot of college students graduating in computer programming degrees, they go and work for companies, and the companies are very disappointed um, that they're not, they're just, they're not bringing great skills to the workplace. In theory, they have great concept about programming, but when they come to the actual job, it they're getting a little disappointed. That's actually a huge topic, just education in general, and how there can be a little bit of a gap between what you're getting in college and then bringing it into the workforce. So I'm curious what advice you would have for current college students or recent graduates to help bridge that gap or kind of go into the workforce a little bit more experienced. Whenever you start talking about working, you got to be very careful when you start talking about education, because when you start talking about state education, you're always behind. Um, they do their best and whatever money they're trying to put into it. And I feel for them budgets cut and all these other things. Um, places like Stanford and MIT don't have much, have an issue like that. They have huge endowments. Um, but a lot of, I mean, perfect examples, some community colleges asked me to come in on their advisory board and ask to review what they're, they're teaching these days in tech. And I'm very disappointed in a lot of them because some of them are teaching like Dreamweaver and applications that are from years ago. And my point being is that nobody in the workforce is using them. You have to teach at the schools what the real world is doing. So if a company is teaching Adobe Photoshop or they're teaching, I mean, you know, to be an employee there, you have to learn Ruby on Rails or you have to learn all these other things. You have to teach those things so they can go out and be ready to work immediately. So I, you know, it, it's, I talk with educators all the time. I feel for them. I just don't think there's that serious kind of push to, to really make everything's everybody so business ready at that point. But uh, hopefully that'll change. And recently in California, we were able to vote on a um, an amendment to have computer science as one of the um, science credits that you can get. Oh. So instead of dissecting a frog, I guess, you can take computer programming, which is great. Um, so you can put that towards your, you know, your credits and, and choose that as opposed to biology and all these other things. So that's a huge start. So thank you, California. I love that because it's actually practical and it's progressive. It's saying and looking out into the real world and saying what is going to enable our students to go farther. Absolutely. So Geek Girls actually does a lot to help kind of bridge this gap. And I love the versatility in looking over what you guys offer. You have your tech conferences. You can hire Geek Girl to come and work with you. And you have a videos and video trainings. Can you kind of touch on those different aspects and how they play into people's lives differently? What people are saying about them? The experience that they have going through Geek Girls? Sure. I mean, everybody's different is how they learn. And it, it, tech is no different. Some people like to do online learning, which is absolutely perfect. There is so much online and a lot of things are free and a lot of things are very minimal in price. Search for anything. You can take great classes. Uh, some people learn online and do that. They're very good at it. Other people, they need to be within a classroom and some people need handholding. Some people just need to take the class again and again. And I know sometimes that I have to review things again and again to make sure I get it. There's nothing wrong with that. Everybody's going to learn on their own level. And I, I just wouldn't give up. So if you, if you choose a class and you want to learn a little bit more about programming, 
just don't get overwhelmed. Start small, start with something very basic, learn HTML, learn. A lot of people go into careers and they don't even know how technology works. Like, so I would definitely take something about how actually technology works, how websites work. You'd be shocked. Uh, we have a class at Geek Girl Tech Com, which, which is, I know it sounds silly and basic, but how the web works or how a website works. And it's a lot more advanced than what people think. So it's trying to tell you how things, you know, why things break down, how things, you know, how things work and put together. Um, so I would say just, just take your time, find things out there, learn very basic things. Um, don't overwhelm yourself, get help, go to as many kinds of meetups for user groups. Even if you're not the smartest one there, it doesn't matter. These user groups are made because they want to get more people into the sort of, um, technology that they're using. They want to be a support, um, and they want to grow that group because when you're growing groups like that, you have so many more people who have opinions about it to make the group really, really strong. Um, and, and everybody's going to bring a different opinion or a strength level. And the ones who are very strong in it are going to be able to help people who are just starting out. So, um, never give up this whole idea about failure or, you know, I'm a loser or stuff like that. No, it, it just, some people just don't learn things as fast and, and take your time in doing it. And if you need help, just ask it. I think that's essential because just the idea of going into tech or just learning anything tech, it can be so overwhelming. And I know even with myself, who I'm fairly familiar in a lot of different aspects of tech, especially with marketing and creating websites. But when I approach a new medium, it can just seem overwhelming. But to be honest and just ask questions and know that other people are asking the same questions and that there was such a need to understand how the internet works that you guys are created a course to teach how the internet works. Yeah. And how websites are built. And I mean, you have to learn a lot of things before you actually start doing the tools to, to build them. Um, so if you learn how, it, how it works and you're able to, you know, really find out and get the tools that you need, you're going to have a much better concept about what you're doing and why you're doing it. So being overwhelmed might be one kind of barrier that women have before going in and finding the answers in this field. Are there other ones, whether they're perceived barriers, actual barriers, or just self-inflicted that you find with a lot of women when pursuing the idea of going into tech or learning about tech? I think these days, not just, I mean, I'm going to pat our organization on the back because I think we've done a lot to really try to put the focus on how easy tech is and if at every age. I mean, we've had kids as young as eight years old. We've had a grandmother at 88 who wanted to come learn how to Skype. So age should not be an issue. We get people every decade coming to our tech conferences, coming for help. That should not be an issue. Women and men, 25% of the attendees at all our things are guys. So guys are always welcome and they love coming because they know it's, we're not talking about, excuse me, women's issues and tampons and stuff like that. We're really talking about technology. And if, whether it's a woman or guy teaching, you're just going to learn the better skills. And if they're really good at, at translating that to a, the um, audience, it doesn't matter who's taking the class. Um, I don't think it's an age thing. I don't think it's, um, I just, I just think now there's so much focus on it by opening things up and, 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 um, having more women in tech and having organizations because now you see big companies like Salesforce and Intel 
and they're putting money, like millions of dollars towards diversity issues. So they've obviously, it looks good in the press too, believe me. They're not doing it just because they're, you know, they really love us ladies. Now, just kidding. But they're, they're doing it for purposes and they have that money. So they're going to reinvest it in training. Um, but like I said, it comes down to the individual girl. Like there were more women programmers in the eighties than there are now. So we're actually dropping numbers. How do we get those numbers back up? And I think it's the next generation of getting the younger girls really involved in it and not having this stigma about, um, you know, look at all those guys in Silicon Valley. No, just have more women as mentors. Like every woman who's, who's an instructor at Geek Girl, I say to them, you know, you're a mentor, you're teaching. Like, I mean, that's a big honor. So if we can get more women in tech being mentors to younger girls, they're going to see that there's kind of no divide and they're just going to keep on going forward. You've talked a lot about your tech conferences and how empowering those are for the women and girls that attend. Can you tell us a little bit more about those experiences? If somebody were to attend, what could they expect? Sure. What I love about how Geek Girls kind of evolving in different ways is that like I said, there, there's no age gap. There's no, it, it's not one of the big tech conferences that you go to where everybody's peer to peer. This could be peer to peer. We have high level classes or we have very beginner classes. I love recently what we've done by having family packages. So sometimes we have uh, the parents come and then they bring their kids. Um, the parents might, the father is going to go take the video class. The mother is going to take social media class. Then you have the daughter in the hack room and the son, you know, going to Photoshop or something. So, I mean, you just have all these different things where they can go and do what they want to do. They all don't have to go to the same class together. Um, and there's other kids there. We bring in a lot of schools from underserved, um, and underrepresented schools. So we bring a lot of kids from there, give them scholarships. Um, and it's great for them to show, I mean, if their school isn't teaching computer or programming or anything like that, it really gives them an idea about what they're able to do. And we really want to make sure that the school systems are understanding that. Um, Nothing against not getting a college degree, but programming in tech fields are one of those areas where you don't necessarily have to go to a college to be proficient and make a lot of money in tech. Some of the best programmers I know have not finished college and have not even gone to college. Uh, I'm not saying you shouldn't, um, but I do think it's one of those those careers that people can get into um, and start contributing to the workforce and start having a valuable workforce. It's a great opportunity to have a very powerful career, especially if college might not be an option for you. Sure. Just really creating those options. You know, we used to have technical schools all the time. I mean, you know... Sometimes kids just weren't going to go. They were going to vocational schools. Those are all coming back, like learning trades, because people have realized how much electricians make and how much plumbers make. Well, folks, become a programmer. And mothers, if you're listening to this and you have kids, get your kids into programming because they're going to support you later on in life because they're going to make so much money. So encourage your kids to have a life in tech. And it's basically a language. The younger you can learn it, the more you're going to understand it as it evolves. Yeah, absolutely. And you were talking about the wearables and the bracelets and so on. And everyone's coming up with these new ideas about how to use, you know, learn how to get kids into coding by teaching them different things, whether it's through Arduino boards and, you know, learning circuitry and all these different things. And and it's really incredible because it brings it on their level and their curiosity and their interest level. And if you start early and getting them into that and showing them how cool things are, um, you know, we have, we have a chance of 
having more women in tech. Let's be honest, too. Those little kids are sponges. I mean, you get an iPhone in front of a kid, and they're showing you all sorts of stuff, and you're like, I never knew it did that. <laughs> I mean, I got to tell you, I, I mean, I wish I was a kid again, or at least in my teens or 20s, or anything like that. There's so many things going on. I get so jealous of just the toys. I was forced to take home ec in school, uh, you know, bake cupcakes. I tried to get into the shop class. I finally did get in the shop class, and the guys thought I would kill myself, cut my hands off. So they put me in a corner and made me make a box, a safe little box, put glue on it and stuff like that. So, you know, I see things now as they are, and I'm, one, I'm ecstatic that things have changed that much. Um, but on the other side... I just get so jealous. I'm like, oh my God, I wish I had the toys. I wish I had done this in school. I wish I had done this better and, and so on. Or, uh, you know, go back in time and say, invent it yourself. Right? Some of the things that come out today, you're like, oh, exactly. that's so simple. If I had known that 40, 30 years ago, I'd be a millionaire. Right? It's like, I have an art degree, so it's almost the Jackson Pollock. It's like, oh man, why didn't Dots, I do that? Right? Exactly. It's <laughs> throwing paint on canvas. Why didn't I think of that? But just think about all the technology that we're going to have 30 years from now, just because we have that tech generation growing up now and just the accessibility. I mean, I even look at my brand new niece who's about a month old and, you know, she's going to be playing with an iPhone in like, I don't know what age kids start figuring them out. But even with the iPads, you start getting one or two year olds playing with those and to have that grow up. Sure. It's, it's a whole different playing field. Oh, yeah. I, I mean, and. And like we've spoken about before, programming is a language. So it's not like a romance language, like French or Italian. It's not guttural like German and English. But it is, it's another language. And that's the future language that most of us are going to be speaking in some way. Um, Just think of the careers that are happening in the future. So many other careers, you're going to get downsized. You're going to be, there's unemployment. I mean, so many areas are just not going to be there anymore. If you learn those things, I mean, we have, we're going to have self-driving cars. What are we going to need, you know, people to drive our cars for and, and all these other things. So with the more technology that we have, um, you know, to be the engineers behind all these things, we need more Elon Musks in the world and we need a female Elon Musk badly. Um, so if we, if, if we can get these kids really excited and, um, in these areas and get the parents behind it, get the school systems behind it. I mean, I think we just have a really great chance. It really is a currency of the future. Sure is. So I'd actually love to shift and talk a little bit about the business side of Geek Girls. So you had this great desire to help teach people and kind of bridge that gap from technology on all levels. How do you turn that into a business? Um, Well, like most social cause businesses, it's... It's kind of you, you want to help people so much that you forget to pay yourself. You don't pay yourself. Um, It's, how can I say it? The whole aim here is that when I had a development company, I knew what I wanted. The more you acquire clients, the more you do this, the more you do that. The more projects you take on, the more people you can hire. It's a business. With Geek Girl, it's a little bit different. It is a social cause company. It's our 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 strength in numbers really comes about who's coming to our our tech conferences how we can help how we can get more sponsors involved so that they can bring people like all of our sponsors come and teach at our tech conferences 
So if Automatic, WordPress, one of our sponsors, they'll come and teach. Uh, DreamHost, who's you know hosting company, they come and teach about you know hacking and how to fix a hack site. We have you know New Relic is a sponsor. We're going to have them teach classes in data science. We have other companies who are teaching more about you know certain kinds of programming, uh, marketing, or or different things like that. So that's very important because they're going to teach you what companies are looking for also as employees. And that's why we have them involved also as, as kind of like a vendor so they can talk to attendees and you can find out what job openings they have. And they have big pushes right now for trying to get more women in. And they know this. And, and you know, we're very fortunate to have great sponsors. Um, so I wasn't doing this full time till recently. I was always working. We had our own development company. Um, I did consulting. We moved to San Diego five years ago because of a startup. So this was kind of an organic, fun, voluntary sort of fun thing to do. And now it's getting really big. And yes, we have to start taking it more, you know, thinking more like the business side and how to do it. Um, whether it's a franchisable thing, which people have suggested we do, people, you know, grab a city and go. Um, I, I don't know where it's going to go. As long as we're getting more women in tech and we're finding that people um, need us, then we'll stay doing it. I mean, our, how bad would it be that we wouldn't be around in the future because everybody was so good at tech and in tech careers? I mean, that's not a bad thing to happen. You know, I'll just... It's kind of a win. I'll start my new company. I love to cook, so I'll just start making my, uh, you know, homemade um, dog treats, frozen dog treats and, you know... Start, start a company from there. Who knows? All right, ladies, let's swarm the field of tech so that we can have that dog treat company. Yeah, help me, help me retire, everybody. <laughs> so there's obviously nothing easy about starting a company, much less a social, socially driven company. What were some of the roller coasters or the like really big challenges that you had getting this off the ground? In the beginning, I think there was just a lot of jokes about, do you really think more than 20 women are going to show up in a room to learn about technology? I mean, that was the big joke. It mostly came from their husbands at the time. Um, or just, you know, people, or a lot of other women were just like, I just can't see myself like on a computer all day like you. I just, and it was like, well, you don't have to be on a computer all day, but you really should learn how to make your life easier, more efficient. You should learn how to, you know, if you want to put your music on iTunes, you should know how to do that. Oh, my kids do it when they come home from college. That was my, that's cringeworthy, hashtag cringeworthy. If I had to hear that again, I was just going to explode. It's like, well, why don't you train yourself how to do it? I've been one of those kids who put the iTunes music on for my mom. But we, we taught her sure. how to do it. She knows how to do it now. Yeah, I'm really see? proud of her. It's great. Sometimes so, it takes a little bit longer, but you, you know, one thing about geek girl and all of our instructors, not everybody can be a geek girl. We work with people. They don't, and they're not necessarily the most brilliant person. They don't have to be the most brilliant person in that subject, but they have to be accomplished and they have to learn how to talk to an audience of people who may be beginners because it's not all 17, 18 year old kids starting school for the high school for the first time. A lot of our workshops and classes that we're doing, we've had women in their 50s who have been to Harvard Law School who are brilliant women. They just do not know how to use Excel well or do other things. You know, it's, it's just they're just learning something. And sometimes 
they're very serious when they're in the classes and they don't want to be talked down to, which has always been the case in taking tech classes. Is in anything really, let's in, be honest. Being talked down to, Patra, you know, that sort of thing. So our instructors are, you know, they come in, I, I'm like, you guys have to smile on your face, tell a joke, break the ice, do whatever you want, I don't care. Just make sure you make a connection with everybody in the audience because everybody in there is going to be a different age. Um, and I think there's just, you know, once you can kind of break the ice, because if you're older person that doesn't know about tech, um, you, you do get a little nervous in the class and you don't want to be talked down to, like I said, but, um, it, it's kind of one of those things that they just want to be made comfortable as they're learning something. So it's, you just have to teach each generation a little bit differently about tech. That's all. Your ability to meet people where they are is really one of the things that separates geek girl. Just the power to do that, regardless of your age, regardless of your tech knowledge, whether you're beginner or advanced, that's one of the things I admire most about what you've accomplished is you're taking a very technical and very challenging field and breaking it up and making it accessible to everyone. Well, it should be. I mean, this it's the democratization of technology. It should, it's so prevalent. I mean, gone are the days where you had to hire someone to do everything for you. I'm not against capitalism. I'm, I'm a huge capitalist. I'm just saying that with the democratization of, of having yourself be able to do things is that it's just the way it should be. Um, I'm not telling everybody they should be a programmer, but if you're building a website, you really should sit down with your programmer or at least learn something about programming and learn what they're doing. So oftentimes you, you expect the other person to do your website or do something and you're like, no, I don't need to know about it. Just, you know, that's your job. Well, you need to learn about it. And even though you're not going to be proficient in it, you really need to learn all these skills to know what they're doing, how they're doing it, um, and learn how things, how a website is built. I, I tell you, I, I know it sounds crazy in a basic class, but learn how the internet works, learn how websites are built before you start building your own and have someone hire it. It really is essential to make sure you don't just get ripped off. It, that's been the biggest problem is that I just have people constantly tell me that, Oh my God, I got so ripped off. Can you find someone else to help me? Can you do this? And I kind of have to say, well, wait a minute, how much time are you going to be willing to put into learning this as well? What well, don't I have time to do it? Sorry, folks, everybody's got time to do things. You just need to make time for the most important things. And if your online image and, um, your site not working, is not your biggest thing, then I don't know what is. So as you grew this company, you obviously had the challenges and uh, everyone saying that they're just going to have their college kid come do it for them was, I could see how that would be nails on the chalkboard. But what were those moments that you were like, yes, I am on the right path. Yes, Geek Girls is the right move. What we're doing here is important. Can you share some of those moments with us? I think the testimonials and the comments and the emails I get, um, a lot of them are very personal. We don't, we don't post them. Um, but a lot of them have been people who have written just taking the classes. I was able to get a better job. A lot of them have been in tears doing it. We try to work with, um, unemployment places as well. So when you have someone come from that area, and they get a job or something and you hear back, you're just like, wow, that's awesome. They took three Excel classes and now they've got an office manager job. So instead of making eight bucks an hour, they're making 16 bucks an hour. That's a, that's a really big thing. Um, some of the other great ones are, um, 
one of my friends who I got to be an instructor here because I, I just thought she brought so much to the table, um, who was a programmer and she just wanted to get out of it. She was beaten down. She's young, but she's like, I don't know if I want to do this as a career, you know, and I call her the unicorn because she's not only female, but she's African-American and, um, you know, you just don't see many black programmers, female programmers. So she really is the unicorn. She really stuck out and she knew it. And she really felt, um, you know, she was having a hard time with it and she didn't know where to go forward. And I kept telling her, you got to go forward, got to go forward. And I would, I would help get her, um, you know, scholarships to all these programs and all these conferences like, um, in San Francisco. And I, you know, cause they would hand out scholarships to, to certain women. And I kept encouraging her to do that. Well, she just got a job at Square, Jack Dorsey's company. Jack Dorsey does Twitter, Square, where you, you know, run your oh, credit card through and pay yes. for things. She just got a job there. So happy. She's in charge of their diversity tech area. And she's just having the best time in the world. And she wrote me the most incredible letter. And it just meant so much about like that, yeah, I, I think we are doing good stuff. Every every single day you're like, geez, you know, why am I doing this? Why am I doing this? And then you get things like that and you're like, yeah, that's why I do it. So, I mean, things like that really are, are really important. Feedback is always important. Um, we try to do surveys. We try to, we try to do all different types of things, events. And, um, you know, it could be in September we're doing a pet tech night to try to get people to come to learn about new pet apps that are around and from clever pet to, um, you know, dog walking apps and stuff like that. Like San Diego, we're such a huge dog. We're, we're like the number one place to have a dog. I got to tell you, I mean, every restaurant has water out there, dog bones. We love our dogs. We have, we have dog beaches. So, um, you know, we can do an event like that or we can do an actual workshop class or, um, you know, sometimes um, we just get a bunch of free movie passes and we just go as a networking group. So there's many different things we do with Geek Girl to encourage um, getting women together and talking about tech. And uh, guys out there, like I said, 25% of attendees, instructors are guys. And guys have always been our biggest supporters. If it wasn't for my boyfriend who's in tech supporting me with Geek Girl, I, this would have never happened. So... Much praise to the to the men in code. I love that you bring up the support of men because that's often, you know, you're tackling women's issues and there's almost this desire to pit women against men. And so to have an organization that really highlights the need for them and how their support is pivotal and how we can accomplish without them, I so appreciate that transparency because a lot of times that message is getting missed. Today's rapid fire is brought to you by Backcountry.com. Headed out on an adventure? Make sure you have the best gear ready to go. Check out positiveimpactpodcast.com slash backcountry for all of our favorite gear recommendations and the lowdown on their responsible brands. So life is a balance of work, passion, and adventure. So what was a recent excursion or adventure that you've gone on? I get to travel a lot through work, so I, I think that's great when I get to meet other women in tech and organizations. So, but uh, the boyfriend and I will plan a nice trip, maybe Bora Bora or England. Complete different opposites, but my godson's in England, so. Both have good Wi-Fi signals. Exactly. What book have you found instrumental in helping bring your mission to life? 
I don't, I read a lot of business books, but mostly online. Um, I do also believe that there's some great philosophy books and all different types of things that kind of create your mind to, as long as you can build your mind to be strong, you can take failure and uh, go on. I think any story written by anybody is going to help you do that. But I really focus on a lot of, um, you know, tech books and I, I do read a lot of blogs and, and so on. I can't think of one book. I can't say the Bible. I can't say the, you know, um, dictionary. I don't know. I'm not <laughs> the dictionary. <laughs> it's got a lot of words in it. It does a lot, a lot of great words. books I've learned. There's not, you know, it's, I get all my news from online, unfortunately, these days. What advice do you have for recent grads looking for meaningful careers? Go into tech, go into programming, go into engineering, go into areas where you're going to make lots of money. Um, yeah, it's a real capitalist thing to say, but I, yes, I want you to be happy, but part of being happy is being able to take care of you, not having to, you know, leave a job or get fired, not fired, but let go or, you know, um, just, just look at certain careers. It doesn't mean you have to be in that career, but learn more about it. Be well balanced in a lot of things in tech. It's going to be so much easier for you to get a job anywhere. I, I just highly recommend that. So what about those in their 30s, 40s, and beyond who may be feeling stuck or trapped? What do you advise them? Same thing for college graduates or same thing for anybody going into it. It's never too late to learn anything about technology. Um, A good portion of the women who come and men who come to Geek Girl are people who are kind of stuck in their lives, 30s, 40s, and making a transition to uh, technology. These careers that didn't... um, weren't around 10 years ago, social media community manager, QuickBooks Pro certified uh, bookkeeper, um, programmers, um, all these different careers, bloggers, um, content, you know, web content writers, SEO, search engine optimization. You can learn search engine optimization. It's not a hard thing. You just have to be very vigilant and learn how search engines work and learn about keywords. So there's all these careers that are coming out and anybody can go and do it. It's very democratized and, and what they can go into. It's, you're not a doctor. You don't have to go six years to, to med school, you know, for this. You can really learn a lot of these things. You've touched a lot on the power of mentorship and really encouraging others to be mentors. What role has mentorship played in your life? To be honest, I've never had a mentor and I know that sounds crazy. I just, whether it was, I, I never really searched for one. No one, I sort of thought like, oh, it'll magic. One will magically appear someday. Um, that never happened. I kind of, I'm very fortunate that I've been with my boyfriend for 13 years, who's a programmer and he's in tech and he's, a, he's just, he and I have fed off of each other for so long that that's been great. Um, anyone who I've done as business with, you know, lawyers and accountants and all these other people, I see them as mentors too, because they're really trying to help you get ahead. Um, one of my biggest problems was following people, listening to people I really shouldn't have. Um, you know, I'm a loyal person and I wish I hadn't listened to those people all the time. Um, but I do believe in mentorship. I really do believe that you should find a group or, um, I work with some, um, kids in college right now at SDSU in a mentorship program um, I don't know if I'm the best mentor, but I'm a resource. I like to refer to myself more as a resource than a mentor. I, I, if I can't get an answer for you, you know, I'll find it. Or if there's any way I can translate any of the bad things or the good things that have happened, I, I'd love to, you know, 
and introduce you to people. So I think I'm a good mentor. I would imagine so. We have fun. A lot of laughs. <laughs> hey, that's half the battle. It also sounds like you really leverage more of a network aspect to the mentorship. And so just having and really filling your network with quality people that you can turn to in advice in all areas. Absolutely. I mean, having a strong, as much as people hate networking or network or whatever words, people use tribes these days or so on. Um, find a great tribe to be in. Find, um, you know, people have, what do you call them, um, mastermind groups and so on. Any of those things, start getting into those and finding the right, and eventually you'll find the right people. Maybe not at first and, you know, you're like, and, and listen to your heart and your head and just, if it's not something you're learning from, uh, I mean... <laughs> the best thing you can do is be with people who are so much smarter than you are and learn from them. And I mean, that's the real goal. You want to be with the really, really smart people. Um, it's one thing I would highly recommend. Don't just stick with people because they're your friends and so on. They'll still be your friends down the road. Just when it comes to business and forming your company, just listen to people who, who have done there, been that, know a little bit more than you do and really feed off of them. Ask as many questions as possible also. As the saying goes, you are the sum of the five people you hang out with the most. Absolutely. Do you have a mantra or motto that guides your work? Um, anything from Yoda. <laughs> there is no try. <laughs> oh God, what is it? There is no try. There is either do or don't do. Is that it? Just do. All right. Thank you so much for your time today, Leslie. I have thoroughly enjoyed this conversation. So when people are looking to connect with you, how do they get in touch? How do they find you? How do they learn more about Geek Girls? Um, you can find us through our website, geekgirlcamp.com or geekgirltechcon.com or check out some of our videos at geekgirl.tv. You can always email me at leslie at geekgirlcamp.com. I answer all my emails, um, maybe not immediately, but I try to. Um, you can get us at Facebook, facebook.com slash geekgirlcamp, Twitter at geekgirlcamp, and Instagram at geekgirlcamp. Thank you so much. No, thank you. It's been an awesome opportunity. Thank you. Well, that wraps up another inspiring session of the Positive Impact Podcast. I hope you've enjoyed hanging out with Leslie as much as I did. And that you're inspired, no matter your current tech abilities, to explore how it can help empower you both in your personal life and at work. For today's show notes, head to positiveimpactpodcast.com slash show. We're going to be showing all the different resources and links to everything mentioned in today's episode. Well, Leslie didn't have a book to share with us today. She did touch on the importance of staying up to date on either industry or business trends or just diving into some good material. All of our guests have shared their recommended readings at positiveimpactpodcast.com slash goodreads. Hang out with us there and we'll give you a free audio download when you check out Audible. Until next time, keep doing your part to make the world a better place.